Are y'all ready yes. for this? Dude, I was fucking born. It's been a while. I can't wait to talk about this movie. It's been a while. This is an effing great this movie. Was like, was, this was like a real... Roller coaster. Just, it was. Just like one of those old kind of tiny film masterpieces. It's like three different movies in one mm-hmm. that we're going to get into. But I know that it was a good movie because I'm like, oh, I could easily talk about this for a minute. There's a lot to talk about. And it feels like... Are we getting into it or am I? Okay, no, let's not get into it. Okay, go. here we okay. go. Hey, everybody, go. welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Start Hector Navarro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sitting across from me is my guest, Mr. Keller Nablock. Keller, say howdy. Howdy. Thank you for saying howdy to all of our listeners. And our <laughs> guest tonight, I'm incredibly excited that we finally have her on. She is a uh, dear, dear friend. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce her right now. Um, she's an actor, writer, gamer, GM, which stands for Game Master. Or Games Master? Is it singular, right? Game Master? It's game. It's just okay. it's just the non-licensed Wizards of the Coast. She's a contributor. Catch-all. Thank you very much. Nice. Also very the nice. general very manager nice. for the <laughs> Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers, correct? <laughs> she's the GM of the yeah. LA Dodgers. <laughs> a contributor for Geek Girl Authority. She's all over the place, let me tell you. Host performer at Hyper RPG. Mass Effect Adventum, Hit Points Podcast, and the Schmodown. Ladies and gentlemen. Guys, get on the internet. Get on the internet for Emily Rose Jacobson. <laughs> get on the internet for ERJ. ERJ. Emily Rose Jacobson. ERJ. That's cool. Is that your name, ERJ? Do you ever yeah. go by ERJ? Um, All day? Yeah, sometimes. Especially, okay. like, I mean, it's always really fun when you initial things. I'm like, oh, that's a good. Yeah, my, my monogram towels when I was a little kid were tight. Oh, very nice. Oh, that was like, did you have monogram towels growing up? I feel like that's a really southern thing. Uh, Having monograms on like everything. Keller, did you have that kind of money growing up? (laughs) We're like, hey, we got you a Ninja Turtles beach towel when we went to Corpus Christi. That's your towel for the rest of the year until next time we go to Corpus Christi. (laughs) My initials are HSN, which is this logo for the Home Shopping Network. So it's not cool. It's not cool. It's very. I'm going to start calling you Hector Shopping Navarro. I'll take it. Hector Shopping Navarro. (laughs) Emily, thank you so much for being our guest tonight oh my gosh thank you so much for having me this is wonderful because i'd watch the hector's Santiago network shopping <laughs> just be like get a load of this action figure <laughs> mint exactly dish. we're gonna go through look yeah. at the quality this look at the paint has the shot glass. It'd be like that great snl sketch from the 90s late 90s with will ferrell and jim brewer and i want to say chris Catan, and they were home shopping hosts and they were selling actual mark hamill and he had like handcuffs on and he came out no one who was like, hi this i know they're like born. it's luke skywalker ladies and gentlemen only one in stock it was really funny um no but emily i'm glad you're on the podcast because number one i just enjoy talking about movies in general with you period Aww. and number two you're a texan so it's hell perfect. yeah True blue. <laughs> so this is Amen. perfect um starts night breaking bright we uh we initially had um a, a pal of ours Ben Meckler was going to do this movie and scheduling wise he's very busy he's doing a bunch of he's like he's an incredible all writer the all over the place he's a writer for Kipo and the and the Age of Wonder Beast but he's doing other stuff now but he's going to be joining us later this year and uh it was a little bit coming down to the wire and I th- believe it was Abby who was like, well, you have to have a Texan on for, you have to reach out to a Texan and there's no better Texan than Emily. And I was like, oh my God, perfect. That's great. So thank you again. Of course. Um, so uh, thank you. I'm glad to, I'm glad I can be your token Texan. That's Yeah, exactly. We don't have one <laughs> of those. All, yeah. <laughs> we don't have one of those. Keller is uh, not a token Texan. He's yep. like, it's not tattooed on my body. Yeah. <laughs> can see it at all times. Oh, that's true. Visibly. Oh, it's so good. Sorry, nobody knows. It's embarrassing. Uh-huh. Just, Just kidding. No, it's not. Right I love it. 
So we have two traditions on the podcast, Emily. The first one is Keller is going to tell us what movie we're talking about tonight. The second one comes down to you. Mm. By the end of the episode, we're going to ask you to contribute a brand new movie, any movie ever that you want, to exist on the list of the 500 greatest movies ever made. A new one that we're creating. A new one based off of our guests picks so so pull up oh. i'll pull this up check this out check this out for, so some reason, guest, for some reason i thought you were like i thought i had to make up a movie i need you to make up an entirely new movie <laughs> better and i need the thing is the one we just i watched. need it produced in the next two yeah. years on a manageable budget <laughs> so like here's all the movies we've watched that are based off of the list coming out of the magazine mm-hmm. and then here's all of our guests attached to those movies they pick a new list that we have been contabulating with every single week, and they have incredible picks. Just last week, I Nolan Fabricus. What's that? I love when yeah. you use science. Contabulating. Terms. Nolan Fabricus picked McGruber. Danny Fernandez picked It Follows. So Doty, the best movies of all, all time. time, right there. All time. No, it doesn't have to be. And it's, so it's, any movie ever made. It's like this. It could be the movie we watched tonight. Mm-hmm. It could be a movie that you love from childhood. It could be a movie you watched last week. It, it could just. It, it could come out at any time. It doesn't matter. But it just has to be a movie that you feel. Strongly enough that you're like, you know what? If there were a list that existed that is the 500 greatest of all, this movie needs to be on there. That's all. That's all. And then we'll talk about that. Okay. And that's usually the best part of this podcast. It's not even the movie out of the thing. But thankfully... We haven't even gotten to Harry Dean Stanton yet, though. Yeah, but thankfully, <laughs> uh, tonight's movie is actually... I, I, I can't wait to talk about it, and it's going to be great. So, first tradition. Keller, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? What movie are we talking about tonight? Stuffy British guy with the stuffy British guy voice. Go. 392 Paris, Texas, 1984. Director Wim Wenders. <laughs> it's Kramer versus Kramer on wheels as Harry Dean Stanton's Travis goes on the road with his son to find his ex. Emotionally restrained, beautifully shot, and memorably scored by Rai Gouda. <laughs> you know, I may have read that blurb 10 years ago when I first got this magazine and never having seen this movie, but after watching this movie, I'm like, that's a good blurb. That pretty much sums it up. It's kind of good. I feel like it only sums up like a part of it, I though. Know. Okay, so let's start with Where's you, Where's the Emily. feeling? Where are the emotions? Where's Let, the trauma? Let's, I mean, they only had so many characters to, to give uh, Paris, Texas, but they had start enough to shit talk Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <Every> <laughs> Which is fine. Go ahead and just talk it. That's fine. Just kidding. Uh, Emily, I want to start with you. Okay. You just watched this movie tonight for the first time? Yeah. Same for me. Same for Keller. Wow. Is that the first time that's happened? No, it's no, not. No, 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 no. We've seen but Flesh in a with Jake Jabor and he'd never seen it yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> but give us your overall thoughts as Emily, as a Texan, mm-hmm. uh, as an American. As a lover of film. As a human. I mean, I feel like the first thing that really stands out to me is uh, the way color is used in this film. This is a very artistic, it's a very simple film, and it's a very artistic film. Like it's like the blurb said, the muse, the score, <laughs> the steel guitar. Uh, and just, yeah, this kind of subtle, they feel like there's hardly any music throughout except for you get this kind of repetitive steel guitar. Um, and yeah, just the use of color, it really starts to come out towards the end. And just the emotion... It's like it's written by Sam, Sam Shepard. And if you've read any of his plays, especially like just these long monologues, the guy on the bridge, um, Travis and Jane talking in the in the in, one way mirror, in the one way yeah. mirror, mm-hmm. even in the, even in the, the monologue show. Travis uh, does on the couch with his son. Mm-hmm. These just like as someone who had to study theater and had to study plays and had to write 
like that's what you do in a, the BFA in theater. You not only perform, but you also like study plays and themes and you basically do mm-hmm. film theses, but with plays. And yeah, those monologues just really stood out to me. You're the perfect guest for this. I had no idea this oh. was going to be such a theatrical film also, like mm-hmm. theater-wise. Yeah, yeah. this is just made up of like 12 monologues. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, did you like the film? I really did. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, it's a nice slow burn. And it kind of reminded me of another semi-Texas film or a film that's a big film that's set in Texas. Just this, this film is a long film mm-hmm. and it does a lot. Mm-hmm. It, like you, uh, I think you mentioned it either before or right as we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like three films in one. It truly does. And there's another big film like that set in Texas that feels like that. It's called Giant and it's mm-hmm. got uh, our, our good, good boy who passed away. Our good, good boy. Um, James Lipton. No, he's he's James Lipton. Let's see, he just passed to... away. Yeah, no. was he in Giant? I'm, I don't know. I'm so bad. This was like an old western film, and it's got the guy who everybody has posters of, even though he died really young and was only in like three James movies. Dean. James, James Dean. James Dean. James Dean is in Giant. So Giant basically is uh, like the story of these three people who kind of live on this Texas ranch. You've got uh, the son, uh, the father, the Holy Ghost, this <laughs> love interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and you got James Dean, who just is like a cow hand. Mm. It's all about how she kind of likes James Dean, but she kind of likes this rich guy, and they marry the rich guy, and they have kids, and their their marriage starts to fall apart. But then James Dean, even though he's a cow hand, he buys like the land next door, and it strikes oil, and then the oil shoots up, and he becomes super rich. And it's just like this super long story about yeah. just these people's lives and yeah. just their lives throughout time and how their relationships are affected. And that actually, like, even though they're kind of they're very different films, in that way they're very. Uh, Paris, Texas, and Giant are very similar to me mm. in that it's just like it's a long over this long period of time you see these characters change and you see the stories kind of weave in and out and these mm-hmm. relationships like flare up. And even if the movie Paris, Texas that we watched tonight maybe had a, a, a storyline that takes place over the course of a few weeks or however long it takes it still it still feels like because of what you learn about the characters and their pasts that you're like, oh, this story really, really breaches like 10 years, like mm-hmm. it took a super long time, um, or at least uh, as long as old as the kid is, who's seven turning eight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely feels like that. Um, Keller, give us your overall thoughts. Uh, this movie is good, but yeah. also it is in 1982. Yeah, 84. In that, 1984, mm-hmm. but probably filmed in like 1982 or something. Mm-hmm. Well, Return of the Jedi had come out. Oh, just kidding. So, yeah, yeah. just kidding. So, man, so at least they really, it they, must have been real hot. They made as this shit happen real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that kid had Star Wars Return of the Jedi bed sheets. So, we were like, we wanted timeline. the sheets. Mm-hmm. That did help with the timeline. Mm-hmm. But this movie exists then in that nobody knows that therapy is a thing. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows that you should talk to certain people about how to maybe, hey, how should we approach this situation with have, this child? Yeah. I have a question for or, you mm-hmm. as a fellow Texan. Because yeah. it feels like it's a really... I've never heard of therapy either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, growing go. up, therapy... Here we go. Ther- this is what I signed up for, fellow it Texans. It was the devil. Yeah. Well, basically, ther- <laughs> like, for real, therapy was a threat. It, in, my, in like, growing up as a kid, it was like, no, you don't want to have to go see a therapist. You don't have to mm-hmm. go see a therapist, you've, do you? You've failed. Yeah. You've lost. And I think, and for me, when I was diagnosed in college with generalized anxiety disorder, uh, I mean... My dad still really doesn't fully believe in the diagnosis. He doesn't want... I don't think he's... And it's like if you had fucking known your whole life that you had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I was talking to the doctor, they're like, oh, yeah, that's like, oh, you were clearly having panic attacks as like a young kid. Mm. And I just called them homesickness because I didn't know what they were. I thought mm. everyone had them. But yeah, like my mom... I've talked to my mom about it now. And now it's like, hey, yeah, I've luckily started a really nice conversation with her about 
go and see therapy and mental health and everything. But yeah, yeah it's just such a, it's, it's such a crazy, crazy culture that I really want to change. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it might, you know, be like kids, kids are kids. Every kid has Netflix now. Yeah. And yep. there are shows that are like therapy's cool. And, so maybe these kids are like, Dad, out. actually therapy's fucking cool. Yeah. And inside so out. Maybe, and inside out exists. Yeah. Showing kids feelings about, like, are fun. Feelings, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's the thing I kept saying watching the film is because I got so invested. My overall thoughts are I think the movie's really, really great. I absolutely think it's worth watching once. And even if you want to make the argument that it's one of the 500 greatest movies of all time, I could be like, yeah, I could, I could see that. Because um, I haven't seen too many movies like this. Right, and mm-hmm. it's that nice slow burn. And have you guys seen uh, *Place Beyond the Pines*? I haven't Mm-mm. seen it yet. No. Oh man. Yeah. Well, good. You, it's very much like this. Cool. In that it takes place. Actually, that takes place over a large swath of time, but it feels mm-hmm. like three movies in the same way. Mm-hmm. And and the three uh, movies here feel like Harry Dean Stanton's character being found in the desert by his brother, mm-hmm. and this yeah. mystery of like what happened. And the I was Forrest like, Gump circumstances wearing yeah, similar hats. Super invested. Then the second movie is, okay, we're reintroducing him to his son, who his son hasn't seen him for four years. So he last saw him when he was three. Now he's seven, turning eight. And then it becomes this little Kramer versus Kramer, like dad trying to reconnect. And then I'm so invested. I'm like, oh, man, this is going great. And it was so emotional. And it's heartbreaking. And then the third movie is, let's go. <laughs> Salute. Let's go. Uh, let's go find the the mom. And you're like, oh, no, this could be bad or good or what's going to happen. And that's a whole nother a whole nother act but what i was going to say earlier is while we were watching the movie i often i was like telling the screen i'm like go do this go do that go seek therapy talk to each other this way talk to each other that way like this is how we solve the problem um but a lot of the characters in the movie especially harry dean stanton's character travis is so reserved that at first i was like well he's unwell mentally which he was um but then when he starts to open up i'm like okay but he is still um, it almost felt like he was, once we had the realization when he was talking through his life and was like, I was an alcoholic, I did this, I did that, you know, I like, but talking about two other people by saying he tied her up to a stove mm-hmm. with a belt and left her there and he tried to go get some sleep and he didn't even feel anything and he was so surprised at how he didn't feel anything. I'm like, that to me felt like therapy. It felt like that character out of all the characters came to so many realizations in this movie and that by the end that's why he left he's like i can't be here i'm taking myself out of this equation but i I, but i just yeah it's it's a it's he literally came out of the desert you know yeah the whole coming out of the desert thing Mm. well i just made i just made a connection we were talking about color earlier yeah Uh, and especially like oh i feel like what you said you got this broken reserved character um and you just hear him talking about his father his father had the same kind of mm-hmm. idealistic views of his of his like these unrealistic views of his of his mother mm-hmm. saying that oh he kept believing that she was this. she believed he believed she was this he believed she was this until that's what she became Oof. and i think well i think it's that's that it's that it's that thing where it's like oh the father becomes the son like you learn from your parents and you take on your parents traits or you inherit them depending if they're like mental or not and i think that's why we see his son wearing red the whole time with him because mm. the son is taking after the father until the father finally lets go and breaks the chain and, and then the son is with the mother and they're both wearing green in that boom. final scene and that's boom. that's him healing and that's the son becoming not like his father and not like his grandfather i loved how you guys were picking up on that stuff you especially emily were like like talking about the use of color as we were watching it and especially towards the end we were all discussing like what does this mean what does that mean and i always get mad at myself when that stuff happens because depending on the movie if it's a movie that's like fake fake like speed racer 
I'm like, let's talk about color. Like, I'm like, this is all artificial. Like, it's Mm -hmm. all purposeful. But when it's a movie like this, where I'm like, what are you talking about? They just went out to Texas and shot stuff. What do you mean? What do you mean? The the, the, the lighting was bad. It's a green room. What are you talking about? What do you mean they're using color purposely? That's just the color of that room. That they, you know, like they're just in a hotel, like whatever it is. I always feel like, um, I can't ever tell what the filmmaker, even though every choice in a film is purposeful. There's still an element of let's take a camera and let's go and let's record some humans doing some shit and whatever we get. Because a lot of it did feel supernatural. A lot of it is supernatural, like totally. In and a good so way. there is stuff like that Not where anim- there's very purposeful yes. shots and lighting. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it, at no point does and that's this film pretty start like you said. It's like totally. theatrical staging almost in those yeah. moments mm-hmm. versus and cinematography, everything. But like it, it, all of it is purposeful. None of it felt amateur. But I'm just saying it was so natural that I really am like, what? At what point is this just location scouting? And at what point is this like? thematically we want to make sure to you you know so it, it, it kudos to to anybody who were, who like did this movie because it's it's like when i was in high school and we read the book heart of darkness oh yeah i hate that book really yes because i'm well, i was it forced to read it in also, high school i'm sure it's great oh but that's how i feel about catcher is, on the rye i hate right, catcher on the rye right? anything that's I'm like sorry. okay let's go by this through this it. sentence by sentence what does this first but word mean holden caulfield was, is a whiny boy and he's awful yeah, but this True. was my first real exposure True. to like literary analysis in the sense that i'm reading the book i was told by my english teacher like yeah this book was based on the author's experience when he fought in the war or whatever and literally journeyed into places into africa and i was like cool dope but then that same english teacher was like and also the book represents this and this and this and the darkness in man's hearts and blah 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 blah. and i was like well wait is this a is this a true thing based on a person's life or is this all metaphor symbolism because my brain couldn't reconcile it being both. I'm like, it's either one or the other. Either the, the person's making this all up to fit the theme or it's just life. And I couldn't in my brain be like, they're one and the same, Hector. A person's experience can also be... And then be, you saw Deer Hunter, dude. And I got it. <laughs> no, then I saw Speed Racer and I was like, oh, fake. <laughs> we remade that an anime. That's really what this whole happened. goal was. Then I saw Art of li- Darkness is an anime. Did someone put Speed yeah. Racer on the list yet? No. Oh, oh. shit. Oh, I don't shit. think so. Shit, I'll double shit. check. I don't oh, think so. How do you feel about Speed Racer? Do you like that movie? I think at first I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I'll be really quick with this. At first I didn't like Take it. Take your time. And then... Uh, <laughs> You're um, so fucking pumped. <laughs> I think then after a few years, you realize that, oh, this is supposed to be... It wasn't like supposed to be a modern day adaptation. It literally mm-hmm. was supposed to be like, this is the anime and how insane it was. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you're like, they did it. They mm-hmm. did like a crazy live action adaptation of just this wacky anime that came out and had the yep. weirdest yep. dubbing history in the United States. Yeah, it was nuts. I, I Keller, you've have you not seen the movie all the way through yet, or you no. have? Yeah, no, some I good John Goodman. Great John Goodman. That's honestly well, what I'd be in it for. It's a it's a kids movie for sure. Mm-hmm. It's very silly, and it came out the weekend after Iron Man in two thousand eight, and I went to go see it in theaters, and I was in like animation school at the time so seeing it that opening weekend i went with a with a student buddy of mine at denzel and we both went to go see it and we got out shout of there out shout out to denzel uh uh denzel zarinelli and we got out of there and we both looked at each other and we're like i think i liked it we were like yeah uh it was pretty good i gotta go it watch the cool. cartoon a bit yeah we're like decide. it's good but then it's yeah this is this movie that the first time i watched it i think the reason i liked it was because my dad is a race car driver he's done baja and off-road racing what? in mexico he's done no a bunch of that stuff way. he's done like the baja 500 and the baja 1000 like raced on teams and stuff and it's awesome and i and i went with him once and and he's 
uh, whatever I've gleamed from him in terms of like how he feels as a as a cat. It's, it's our cat. <laughs> Sorry, it's Angelica. That's our cats. Uh, however, my dad feels about racing, like his philosophy on it. I feel like parts of that were in the movie Speed Racer, where Speed Racer is learning from his older brother, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I saw the movie, I was like, yes, it nailed that. Great. But the most recent time I watched the movie was just a few months ago. I picked up on, I think this is the Wachowskis talking about trying to do something creative in Hollywood, which is a commercial industry, and how Speed Racer learns that the whole thing is corrupt and backwards. And there's other characters telling him, like, that's not what racing is. This is what real racing is. And they're explaining it to him. And then by the end of the film, Speed Racer is so disillusioned. He's like, fuck this. I'm not going to. Like, it's all broken. And Speed Racer's it's nuts. Long, Speed Racer's like, like fuck. Yeah. Goes off. Such a great PG movie. They get, they get 12 F-bombs and that's it. <laughs> like the monkey's jaw drops. Yeah. It's hilarious. Goes, <laughs> yeah. It's real cute. Chim Chim's like, uh, but then Speed Racer's uh, ally, Racer X, tells him, like, it's not about whether... It's a chimpanzee. It's not a monkey. I'm really sorry. Yeah, it's that. okay. It's fine. Uh, but Racer X is like, it's not about... He sums up the theme of the movie. He goes, it's not about whether, uh, um, like, you can change racing, where racing is a stand-in for the art industry, like, you know, making films. It's about whether you let racing change you or not. Like, whatever pure feeling you go into that industry with if it changes you then you lost and it's about the struggle of trying to hold on to that so the most recent time i watched it i went i went holy shit and sure enough once speed understands that he goes and he not only wins the race at the end he fucking mega wins it's like the coolest you know most orgasmic thing ever is there a paper written about this i feel like i feel like i need to go write an uh essay about this now and get it published if you want to if you want to rewatch speed racer um, it's great it's really great but we were talking about... This so is not Speed Racer. Yeah, but that's our little tangent on Speed Racer, and it's great. But um, The use of color. The use of color. <laughs> so, like, but I totally uh, uh, appreciate and agree 100% with all of y'all's, ex- like, observations about that and the cinematography and the themes in the film and and what it's about. And, um, yeah, even though it felt like three different movies, and at one point I was like, well, wait, let's check back in with Hunter's, like, adoptive... Like, let's check in with, with Travis's brother and his wife. Like, where are they? Yeah, they get dropped off about, yeah. like, three quarters of the way They in. get a phone call and they're fine. That's, okay? yeah. They're, but they're like, good to go. I, I, That's I, all they need. I think it was just because I became very invested in all the characters. You yeah. Know? Even when we meet Hunter's mom, real mom, I'm not, I'm still like, oh, I hope this works out. You know, I'm not like, no. There was never a character that I was, like, angry with or didn't like, even though certain characters did certain maybe dislikable actions mm-hmm. but there's no no point where i was like oh i hate the mom or i or oh uh mm-hmm. clearly clearly the the aunt is trying to like the aunt wants to hold on to hunter and she's like I felt for her it's like no yeah you feel for you feel for every single it's such like trying a real hunter, it just feels sense. like a really real movie and just all even the uncle is like i don't know what to do he's like i'm just trying to do my best i'm trying yeah. to help my brother i'm trying to help this family yeah why are you getting mad at me for he like had real yeah. greg kinnear and uh <laughs> little miss sunshine, little miss sunshine oh, yeah. Vibes yeah to me have you you guys uh although i will say the the thing i was mad at mostly everybody for was everybody, the age difference yes okay <laughs> true and harry dean stanton's character travis and the movie but itself. also i feel like the whole movie realizes everything was fucked it's fucked from the beginning mm-hmm. from they the like every character yep. realizes we should not yep. have done any of yeah. that that was all bad but 
But man, we love Hunter. What mm-hmm. a cool. We have to do what's right for Hunter. We have, what a cool kid that came out of this mm-hmm. crazy age difference of a marriage or relationship. Can just um, play Star Wars by himself for hours yeah, on end in a hotel room. Uh, yeah, what honestly a, impressive. He had to take a like nap. a bottle of Heinz ketchup like on the TV, yeah. and I was like, tight. Yeah, dude, yeah, that dude ordered room a, a burger it. room service. Uh, it's like this is like the Home Alone movie I want to see. Exactly. It's Hunter and Tim a hotel Curry room. showed up. Yeah, for four hours, like <laughs> waiting for a parent to show up or somebody, and he acts out A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. He starts going off and Front doing his back, own adventures. Christmas special. Yeah, everything. He He's does. Like, yeah, he does self insert. He puts he, himself in the Star Wars. Yeah, film. the deleted scenes actually it's called crazy. most of everything. Yeah, the deleted scenes. He's like, he's like. Kylo Ren shows up. We're like, whoa! The dude. new Palpatine was actually a clone the whole time. The kiss didn't mean anything. Oh gosh, I don't Amazing. like. Yeah. The kiss wasn't romantic. Yeah. What were we talking about? He I called totally, it. I totally lost my. Oh, you're talking. We were talking about the characters. Um, here's my biggest problem with all the characters, outside of the age difference. Everybody talked too damn loud in the house at two in the morning. How honestly, not, true. Like how that do you kid not is know? laying awake. It's a. Th- it's a wall. But honestly. How many arguments did you hear your parents have? So many. Yeah. yeah. And they just like, dude, we're whispering. Yeah. Be quiet. The children if are asleep. I, if I ever have a, if I ever have a kid, if I ever have a kid, uh, I'm seriously going to be like, Abby, text me what's, Abby, what's wrong. Yeah. Text, text me what's text wrong. Text me what's wrong. I need to, I need to get this off. I need to get this off my chest. Why so many exclamation points? You're really angry. Whoa. What does that emoji mean? Can we, can we take a drive? Okay. Okay. Wait, so you're just going to leave your kid in their bed? In that bed at two in the morning. Lock the house. It's fine. We have a smart house. We have a yeah. smart, have yeah. a smart yeah. house. Oh, no. I guess, I guess we better go to the park. Keiki, watch the kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just, I was so mad at that. And I think that was my kid brain being like, are all parents stupid? Do all parents forget Let's be that real, though. Yes. Every voice carries. Well, I, think, I mean, I feel like as like, I feel like that's the thing you realize when you're in high school or even younger or mm-hmm. older, but you realize, oh, my parents were just like Flawed. me and yes. they were just trying to figure out how to do this. Nobody tells like when you're, cause you're little, you're like, oh yeah, you're my parents. You're the best. You know how to do this. This is your job. You were trained for this. And then you get older and you're like, oh yeah, they didn't have any idea. I don't have any idea. So that's I think it's one of those things. None of us have kids yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's just like, it's just, it's just people, humans being humans and it's just mm-hmm. adults being adults and trying to, trying to handle a situation and just. You know what I love that you said, Emily? You said that like you weren't mad at any of the people, even though they made decisions where you were like, oh, I'm upset at that decision. But they were all all the people still felt really real. Have you guys seen Kramer versus Kramer? Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Meryl no. Streep. You haven't seen it yet. Emily. Yeah. It's so it's good. so good. But here's the thing I will say that Meryl Streep's the whole character is fucked. It's fucked, but Meryl Streep's character is, I don't think, portrayed in a good light pretty She's much not, at no. all. Do you know what I mean? It's very one-sided. It is. It is very, you get on the side of Dustin Hoffman, his dad who's trying to figure out how to be a dad after Meryl Streep leaves in the beginning of the film, and it's so heartbreaking, and it's so sad, and it's so great, and it's a great movie, but when Meryl comes back at the end, it's like, it, the movie has now positioned you against her. Huh. You know what I mean? And you're like, And ah. then it's court or something. Yeah, and yeah. so you're rooting for Dustin the whole time, but, um, and it feels a very, it feels very much like one of those movies like, um, God, what was the name of the movie that people are like, oh, I can't believe this movie was made this Marriage way. Marriage Story. No, no, oh. that one feels, I don't, eh, I think that one feels a, this one like feels pretty, e- well, no, I know a lot of people when they watch Marriage Story, have you seen Marriage Story yet? I haven't. I've heard it's like, it's, it's like, good. The, it's good, but, it's good, but the sad relationship yes. movie. I mean, the same reason why I haven't seen Midsummer, the sad relationship yeah. horror yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Marriage <laughs> that Story. That more cathartic though. Which one? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. Marriage Story is like you watch the movie and if somebody tells you, oh, Adam Driver's character was at fault, these, this is why. I feel like if you're kind of a reasonable person, you go, 
Yeah, 100%. Versus like if somebody came to you and went, Scarlett Johansson's character was at fault. Here's why. Boom, boom, boom. That you could even then kind of go, I could see that. Sure. They both made mistakes. I don't think the movie positions you on one person's side or the other. They're both very flawed. Kind of like this versus Kramer versus Kramer. Adam Driver's worse. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yes, he is. I mean, but I, I know. I do know he punches a wall, and he does sing he like does. my favorite song from Company, which I didn't know oh, that was in the movie. Very I good, love very being cool. alive. It's he he I've fucked never up the most. Heard he, Company. I've only seen the parody. We that also John Mulaney wrote. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Have you seen that? That's no. Great. Look into I it. I will. Was it on SNL or something different? They did it for that documentary now show. Oh right, Richard Kind's in it. Mm-hmm. Paula Pell's in it. It's very. I will have to look funny. that up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But Kramer versus Kramer. John Mulaney is Stephen Sondheim. We you you spend more time with Adam Driver's character in Marriage Story, I'd say. So that I feel like not only is he like, yeah, you fucked up the most, also but true. but you're like, okay, dude, you're. I can see what the bullshit you're going through. That sucks. That's tough, and we don't see as much as of what Scarlet goes through. Um. But um. Kramer versus I, I'm pretty sure Kramer versus Kramer's on the list, and we'll get to it. And it's a great movie, but. This was, uh, yeah, I think really well balanced. And okay, here's a question I have for y'all. Here we go. Okay, okay roll up them sleeves. Uh, they're well, I'll I do need it. to. I need to go a little higher because I need to see the tippy top of Texas. It's right there. But here's so what I need. We don't need the panhandle. Fuck the panhandle. Here's what I need. <laughs> Fair but, enough. All right. Sorry, Amarillo. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> here's what I gotta know. As a Texan, mm-hmm. what did it accurately portray? The biggest state in the United States. Do you feel Second proud? Second biggest after Alaska. You're right. Come on, man. Um, do you feel proud? We shouldn't have Alaska, but still. Were you like, oh, cool. Emily, I know you were recognizing all the locations. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of those things where it accurately portrays Texas. Yes. In a way that it subtly portrays Texas. It mm. just treats Texas like a regular place where you see people walk around with cowboy boots and hats and listening to Western music. I feel like in so many films, I mean, just like New York and California, mm-hmm. any kind of big central state, especially if it's in like in a foreign film or if it's in some kind of comedy, Texas is always so over-exaggerated. Yeah, I get that. And this still even has a little bit of it in that this is... You know, going in, this is a German-French production, and then it starts with fucking lap steel guitar. Yeah. You're like, all right, okay. let's see what these people feel Texas is like. Yeah. And then it is a lot better than I thought it would be, and it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's a European... When did this person take time they, to... Sp- they, they, they travel through Texas. Texas. They travel through Texas, and that, tra- that trip made them go like, I want to tell the story in this, this place. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so crazy. Well, people people think that Texas is is so much like one thing. They're like, oh, it's clearly desert. It's, it's desert. Different and it's things. like, no, Houston, like you've got the, you've got people, I, I still, I was in college and people didn't realize that Texas had beaches or bordered an ocean. And I'm like, <laughs> it is at the bottom near the Gulf. And so, yeah, we've got beaches. Houston is a foresty swamp land. Mm. It is very, it's a deciduous forest. Well, and it's, it's kind of like Florida or Miami or something. Kind of, but kinda? much more woody. It's like mm. uh, like Washington. Indoor. Washington. Like Virginia is super woody and swampy. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got Austin, which is hill country, just kind of flat hill country. You've got West Texas, which is really kind of like desert. It's where you get into the Rio Grande mm-hmm. and all those other towns. You have the North, which is like Dallas, which is also very, it's more not like 
it's not wavy like hill country it's much more flat mm-hmm. and and grassy and big sky and that's where there's all those tornadoes that happen mm-hmm. da- dallas is like in a big tornado place because it's right by oklahoma the panhandle sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah there's so yeah. many different aspects of texas i think at first it threw us when the movie started because like it was like because like, it says paris texas and all of a sudden they're like in like west texas and you're mm-hmm. like that's on the wrong side <laughs> it's like the searchers which is supposed to be like we're in texas and it's like this is clearly monument valley in yeah. utah with the yeah. monuments we all know <laughs> yeah and the movie also opens with a very german doctor in texas yeah. like treating harry dean stanton who's wandering around oh. and you're like what is this and then it cuts to the French wife of um, uh, Dean Stockwell's character, right? Harry Dean, like Travis's brother. And I said, man, if this is a French and German movie. If and there's one, if, if Harry if Dean the, yeah. the only, like if this is like yeah. spaghetti Western. Yep. It's going to take me out. But yeah. thankfully that didn't happen. And, um, and, it, and it was great. So, so you, what you're both saying is you approve of this European's perspective of the state of Texas. Yes. Yes. I oh, love I, give it I my... love all the small towns. Excellent. All the little diners, yep. all the shitty motels. Mm-hmm. That is Texas. That's yeah, what fa- the majority of freeways. Texas is. Awesome. Yes. Even I feel like even the scene where I, I was picking up on this. I don't know if you were or maybe I was just noticing it for the first time, but when Jane is talking to Travis through mm-hmm. through like through the glass wall mm-hmm. at first she almost kind of has this fake voice on and as she starts to talk to him and she realizes who it is her Texas accent drops in and she, and she gets right. really she you're gets right. she drops in and you hear her her voice kind of her voice she gets on her normal speaking voice and she becomes like truly Texan in that moment mm-hmm. and I was like that's when I was like oh yeah there we go. Mm-hmm. She had an interesting apparently that actress had an interesting um, daughter of Klaus Kinski. Very cool. Uh, potentially had a flirtatious, maybe more relationship with Roman Polanski when she was 14. Which also a makes barf. the age difference in this uh, even weirder. Boo, and Roman me, Polanski. But also yeah. Harry Dean Stanton did not feel good about it right. either. He, he was really we, like nervous about it. And, you know, and, and to the movie's credit, like we're all saying, like the movie kind of acknowledges this was fucked to begin with. And Harry Dean, as an actor, was was worried about it. But... It's not like they have them reunited at the end. Like, like mm-hmm. his character, again, leaves. And she is 25 years old, and she's reunited with her seven-year-old son. And it's like, okay, that's what it's going to be. But um, what was I going to say? She actually came up with a backstory for her character, Jane, where she goes, I believe that my character would have emigrated from Europe and landed in Texas. And Harry Dean's character gave her a lot of attention when she was 17, 18. Like, and that's and like, like mm-hmm. that's part of their sort of backstory and relationship. Um, and I feel, and like when I read that on Wikipedia, I was like, yeah, kind of makes sense. It and, you know, and it, that at least that she came up with why they were together before. Mm-hmm. And even though they have a huge age difference of, what'd you say, Keller, like 35 years or something. It's yeah. Um, uh, and what was I going to say? And, uh, I completely lost my train of thought, but, um, it, no, I think that she did a really good job, but I did notice that that, that Texan kind of came through, but also some European accent a little bit because she's like a German actress, mm-hmm. but she's fluent in a couple different languages. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked this movie. It was very good. Very good. Highly yeah. recommend. Also, can we talk about that kid really quick? That Amazing. Ki- that, that was kid, so good. This is one of the best Cute. child actors I've ever seen. Cutest kid. Uh, I didn't look up to see if he's like acting still, if I've seen him anything else, but he was the there son was of one of the screenwriters older. of the movie. He was he was the kid actor or kid son that's of Sam you know, Shepard. That Sam Shepard that Sam Shepard's son? No. No. No, no, no. It was Sam Shepard, somebody else, somebody else. And Sam Shepard had like done a play that was similar but not the same. And this other writer was like, I want I like what you were kind of doing in this play. And they came up with a bunch of stuff. And early versions of the script had um 
had uh, Travis's brother and wife join them to go find Jane. Oh, interesting. And then at the end of the film, uh, like uh, the wife, uh, the French wife goes back to L.A. And then Travis ends up wandering the desert again to kind of replicate where the movie started. But it didn't end up um, it didn't end up going like that. So, yeah. Anything else, Keller? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, the kid was into other stuff. Okay. Well, what, what nice. else? Up until 2011. No shit. In a short. Good for him. Yeah. And I, then there were some other full-on movies. Yeah, even. his deliveries He played were... Dad in Grand Prix, The Winning Tale. Nice. I don't know how an actor would feel if... He played Tortured Girl's Boyfriend and Crushed. Okay. Nice. I don't. Okay, let's say that you're like, however old you... However Galloper old, Skeel, Mr. North. What? What one of those was the character, and what one of those was he the was project? He was Galloper Skeel and Mr. North. That makes no and sense. And he was Little Rip in Fairy Tale Theater. Cute. Um, <laughs> hey, it's me, Little Rip. <laughs> little Rip, right here. Here's little, little Rip. rip. <laughs> Here's Big Rip. <laughs> uh, I don't know if if it would be weird if you told an adult actor, "Hey, that thing you did when you were seven, you were great." Oh gosh. But like, if I ever met him, I if would I say s- that. Met Christian Bale, I'd be like, man. He you would, crush and, that, it in Empire and he of would the appreciate Sun. that. Yeah, and he would appreciate that because oh, I've been like newsies, also sure. newsies. <laughs> but I bet, I bet, also I bet, a, I bet a lot like, of people we'll give him some props. I bet a lot of people tell him about newsies, mm-hmm. and he's like, but, he's like, sing the song. Yeah, <laughs> but how many people tell him about Empire of the Sun? That's Keller's favorite movie. Steven Spielberg directed. Really, it's a great movie. little kid Christian Bale is so good in that that I I was also really impressed when Keller first showed it to me. So yeah, I would I, you know I take the compliment. I'd be like, that's that, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, I was seven. It was cool. It was weird. I loved you at Boyfriend's Torturous Dad or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> uh, but that kid was super cute. The lisp. The just just no, like I feel like sometimes with the child actors, it's such hit or miss because mm-hmm. it's like, it's so, I feel like it's so hard for a kid to tell, you basically have to tell a kid, okay, acting is essentially uh, you doing these things but making it look like as real as possible. Mm-hmm. Like you believe these thoughts, you were saying these words, mm-hmm. like you are living this character's life. Mm-hmm. And as like an eight-year-old, you're like, what? Okay. But like when yeah. he hugged his mom for the, for like, Looked up at her, grabbed her hips, Great. and that Great. It was so good. And when he hugged Harry Dean Stanton mm-hmm. and said, or did the dad dad thing. That dad dad got me good, man. If yeah. we weren't watching it Double in a group dads. tonight, and if I was watching this by myself, and we I didn't, and there. I and I didn't know what this movie was, that would have hit me like a ton of bricks, and I would have started crying because yeah. I was like, oh, this is a father son story. Dad this is great. This is two dads. <laughs> I get this dad stuff. Two dads, one son. This I wonder is great. why Sanderson <laughs> loves it. Yeah, exactly. But that was that was real cute. Um, where he says, Good night, Dad, to Dean Stockwell. And then he goes and hugs Harry Dean Stanton sitting on the couch and he goes, Night, Dad. And like walks away. And I was like, <laughs> Harry Dean Stockwell Stanton. <laughs> That's the solution. That's the it. Dads. Okay, great movie. Now moving on. Yeah. Emily, mm-hmm. what do you got? What movie would you like to add to our brand new list Damn. of the 500 greatest movies? And also, movies? what other movies have you loved recently? What other yeah. movies went through your head when you before Ooh. you came to your decision? Yeah, we could like, talk runners up. We could talk. I'm just giving it a quick peruse. You can kind of see some of the. We can always double check if you're like we can set this I to love alphabetical. That tremors is on there. So is Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, yeah. That's Bert. Bert Jennings picked Tremors. We told you it's the 500 greatest films of all time, didn't we? Oh my! Yeah. My you best know? friend is obsessed with Tremors and Hurricane Heist. What's Hurricane Heist? Hurricane Heist. They did a heist is, in a hurricane. It's it's basically one of those geostorm thriller films oh, mixed with a heist film. So it's a storm disaster film mixed with a heist. That's a, 
those like made in a focus group of Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, what do we do? Um, well, we just came off of, of Oscar season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've I got Parasites already on there. Jojo Rabbit's on there. We got some great Those picks. were all great. Yeah. I mean, I saw Peanut Butter Falcon on there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And of course, Adam. Adam. Mm, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> it's such a, it, that was like, Adam and I left that. We were, we sat in the theater after that film ended and we just sat there and wept. Like oh. just sitting there and like, what a good film great it's great That's okay great. i don't think you guys i don't think i saw it on there and but you saw the moment at, did you guys watch the oscars together did you watch them yes yeah you saw the moment where shy came out with that actor he apparently refused to go on stage unless he brought him on stage yes. with him yes isn't that That's amazing awesome. and apparently yeah. during the filming uh he got arrested i think shia labeouf got arrested during the filming of peanut butter falcon he kind of had oh. like a dui oh, no. and he came on set and that actor whose name i'm blanking on i feel mm-hmm. bad basically kind of put his hand on his shoulder and was like you're better than this and oh, that hit fuck. shia oh. so hard he said like in interviews he's like this guy changed my life like Dude. he is he is the reason i'm trying to get better now i'm gonna look up this actor's name because i do want to shut him out uh and it, see this movie now yeah and see this movie now yeah because again i i, I have been to own it we have to borrow from adam zach gots gotsigan mm-hmm. zach gotsigan i think is he is the actor's name i have been a fan of shia labeouf's talent Really, since even Stevens, him as an actor, I've always been. In the Did trench. you see Honey Boy? Not yet. We just I Adam and I to. just watched it the other night. It's that's prime. that's good too, but that's like it's rough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ugh. I gotta be like, for I this know. podcast, we don't get to put ourselves in the place to watch some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like this one, it's like you gotta. This is fucking prep. Yeah, okay. and I and I ever and we, ever since I was a kid and or, Honey Boy, since I was young and learned about about Shia's childhood, I have become more. I don't want to say forgiving, but like like more sympathetic towards him as a as a as a guy because I'm like you went through something I cannot imagine having gone through now having said that I've still it's frustrating because I've as a as a fan and just hearing rumors and stuff I've heard of stuff that he's done that's shitty to other people and I'm like that's not cool man but the fact that he did want that actor Zach to join him on stage it's just like Shia go keep going keep doing that you got this trying so good yes moments of trying which is more than you can say for a lot of actors or troubled young you Mm -hmm. know and coming out of child stardom and all that stuff but I need to see Honey Boy and I need to see Peanut Butter Falcon let Hillary Duff make a Lizzie <laughs> McGuire show on Hulu. That makes me so sad. Yeah, yeah. Just let make a Give Hillary. her the show. It's bullshit. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. I, I, it is bullshit because, Have yeah, especially with Veronica Mars or something. You, you made the right call, Keller. You said Hulu. If Disney doesn't want a certain type of subject matter on Disney Plus. Because they've already got a stake in Hulu, right? Whatever. Yeah, throw, do, drop throw it on Hulu. Hulu. Throw it on Hulu. Drop it on Hulu is what I'm saying. Because throw it on people, ABC. When, when Lizzie McGuire was, was, when that news got out that like they might not release it and people were like, oh, but you know, you can kill a bunch of younglings in Star Wars. That's okay. It's like, look, those are different things. Star Wars, even though Star Wars movies get dark, they don't. They're kids' movies. So don't pretend like that's some kind of real mature subject matter. It's not. It's great mythology, and there's moments of violence, and there's action. But also you know, some of them then try to take it too dark. You gotta be Fine, like, that's fine. But it's not like Kylo Ren turns to the screen, and he's like, I'm on heroin now. Like, they, they, like we don't get to that point. I don't know if that's, that's not what Star Wars movies McGuire are about. Either. No, no, it's not. But, but Lizzie McGuire did handle some really serious subjects back in the day. I don't know if you remember this. There was actually an anorexia episode. There you go. Miranda was yeah. Miranda was refusing wow. to eat, and then she got dizzy and passed like she passes out, and Lizzie wow. sits down with her, and she's like, "What's going on?" And Miranda's like, "Well, I just I feel like I'm not this. I don't look mm-hmm. this certain way, and I feel like too. I have to do this." And she's so like, yeah. "No, don't." I love seeing that. So if there if when that show was on when we were kids, if they were tackling 
subjects that were important to kids, why not let the show do that with a woman who's in her 20s or 30s or whatever today, right? Like, do that. And if Disney's going, well, it's not Disney, Hulu. put it on Hulu. Hulu put it, it on Hulu, because that's it's stupid. Don't do that. Guys, that's stupid. Okay. I, I'm not even invested in And whatever. also, okay. you have a bunch of weird-ass shit on Disney Plus it's that weird. you're fine with. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Which which I would be cool with even if they put... I want them to put... I'm the guy that's like, put Song of the South on there, but put a disclaimer video on the on, at the front of it. You know what I mean? Warner Brothers does better right? disclaimers that's than what Disney's. I'm, saying. I'm like, put a thing where it's like, it's like Disney historian Leonard Malton telling me about what Song of the South is. Give me some context No, don't have know. him hey. tell us about it. Yeah. Have, you know. What if I could yeah. tell you? I want a series on it, though. Yeah. I want someone talk, like breaking yes, it down. Yes, like, what if I told you? About mm. it. I know where you can find a copy, a DVD <gasps> copy of Song of the South. The library? I'm Chapman University Library. Chapman University. Somebody ripped the VHS put it on a yep. DVD put it in the archives yep. and Disney has demanded it back ever no. since and it's available to rent at the Chapman University Library as it oh, should be fuck. we rented it it's it's a very boring movie yeah. this little boy is annoying it's no Mary Poppins uh, you know it's not even a Peach Dragon but uh, I've never seen it but I've heard that it's bad it's like just all around multiple you gotta fucking stop that shit Peach Dragon sucks dude the new one's better it sucks we can't do this podcast the new one with Carl Urban and Bryce Dallas Howard and, and Robert Redford? Is it on the list? Better movie. No. No. But it should better be. never end up on this list. <laughs> if the new Peach Dragon is Peach up Dragon on this list. Peach Dragon 2016 is better than Peach Dragon bullshit. I'll break your laptop in half. That movie sucks. Our podcast will be over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to start a Twitter thread that's like, give me your 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 unpopular Disney that's, thoughts. That's my number. You should, because I will totally chime in. I'll be like, John Carter's good. Tron Legacy's good. Peach Dragon's good. All unpopular opinions. I don't even want to do it. I'll get, people get mad at me. <laughs> Why? You have all the most popular opinions. No, what's your unpopular? What are you going to say? I like Ratatouille. What are you going to say? No. What are you going to say? What's Star your, Wars. Yeah. Is bad? What's your unpopular Disney? <laughs> that's opinion? one of them. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's, so is everybody else on Twitter? It's fine. You can't. There's nothing. There's nothing. Keller. No opinions that you have on Disney will shock anybody. They're going to shock everybody. Promise the world's going to be blown away. Go. Hit me with one. I'm saving them for Twitter, dude. Oh my <laughs> gosh. What are you going to say? Cars two is better than Cars one. No, I'm going to say Cars 3 is better than Cars 2. Have you seen Cars 3? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Cars 2, though. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there's a very good drinking game to do with Cars 2. What is it? It's oh, basically yeah, like any, anything, yeah, anything, <laughs> anytime Lightning McQueen says ka-chow, there is something where like anytime the cars world gets really weird with cars, like there's a plane and the cars go inside the plane and then you sit there thinking like, well, what? okay, there's planes in this world. There's also cars. Are you telling me that like another human goes inside another human's body to like be stored there and then vacates. How do the cars have kids? You're, they build out a world of lore, but then they don't expand that lore Why enough. Why does uh-huh. Arthur the Aardvark have a pet dog? Why does Arthur the Aardvark have a pet dog? Mickey. I mean, Mickey Why does has Arthur? Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> What's go- Goofy? Go- yeah, Goofy. What's Goofy? He's a wolf. It's different. <laughs> but if I had to pick a film... Mm-hmm. Um, just because this, it's been trending today on Twitter. It was like, what's the top five oh. influential oh. animated films from when you were a kid? Better not be and song the tw- of this and, and the Twitter, and the Twitter thread too was like, a bonus if they're all from different studios. And I'm like, watch this, you fool. Like, <laughs> ah, ha, ha, I'm referencing British animated films oh. and Irish animated films oh, that were fuck. nominated for foreign <gasps> Academy animation. Secret of Kells? Secret of Kells. Is that what you're picking? Uh, no, no, I'm oh, not okay. picking Secret of Kells. Very, very good choice though. Mm-hmm. But like that, that whole company, Secret the, uh, there's no third that does triplets of Belleville. Those whole films are mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out foreign animation. I am going to pick. Klaus was good. Check out Klaus. Gosh, on Netflix. Won the Oscar. That was yeah. the one Oscar yeah. award that I was what, like. What one? Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four. Toy yeah. Story Every I year, like Toy Story 4. I'll say this really quick. Mm-hmm. Every year, the same article go. comes out. Mm-hmm. It is where they interview 10, and I share this every year. Mm-hmm. I didn't share it this year, but they interview 10 Academy voters. Mm-hmm. I hate it. What did you do? How did you vote for animation? Five abstain. Mm-hmm. They say animation 
doesn't really should belong in the category in uh, the academy even though we added it because we had films like Beauty and the Beast being nominated for best yep, film yep. and so we added it in 2001 Shrek won the Shrek won the first animated Oscar ever yep and uh so yeah and so deservedly people people are like I don't want to I don't watch animation it's for kids it's not art I pass I the uh, the remaining five Spider Verse two will watch two will vote for Disney they will not watch it but they will vote for Disney Pixar saying well it's the brand it's gonna be good I hate it it's gonna be good because that's that's that they're always good aren't they I hate that uh two, one more will vote Disney because they actually watch it and then two will vote for other nominated other films because they actually see them but like maybe split even split the vote so the, yeah. the Disney Pixar ends up usually winning my, my most frustrated one was when Brave won over Wreck-It Ralph that year because I think Brave's great but I think Wreck-It Ralph 2012, that first one, I was like, this is amazing. But I think because it was such a video game, like it, it, so much of it relied on your knowledge of video games and 80s arcade culture that I feel like Academy voters who are ancient and dying were like, Boom. I don't know what that is. But here's a princess movie. Yeah, we'll give it to the princess. You know, it's I'm the like, same thing on. with like Big Hero 6, the year Big Hero 6 won. Yeah. Big Hero 6, great film. Why the heck wasn't The Book of Life nominated? Mm. I will go down to my grave. I met Jorge Gutierrez earlier this year. He's great. And I told him, I was like, Oh, I'm going to say that I'm gonna, I told him I'm like awesome. that's what I believe down in my grave is that yeah. that film is amazing it's one of my favorite films I have the art book and it should oh, have been nominated oh here's a question here's, this, here's, here's a tough question mm -hmm. oh fuck the book of life mm -hmm. Coco I can't yeah. do this to me because I was also one of those people that saw Coco and I was like they stole things from the book of life uh, but I think both are really good in their own yeah. way I think they're both are really one's a love story one's a familial story yes, that's, uh, a good, that's a good point and, and also yeah. there should be 50 other movies about it that, yeah yeah you know so it day shouldn't be such a big deal that there's like what about just, this we one? should just do more films directed by mm -hmm. people of various cultures that's that, telling us that's, the stories of their cultures that's been my that was my favorite yeah. uh response from pixar when they were asked that of like you guys are doing dia de los muertos like there was already an animated film about that pixar was very smartly going yeah but how many movies about christmas have there been and I think even Jorge Gutierrez was saying the same thing. Even he was like, look, the success of Coco will help my movie. Mm -hmm. People are going to go seek out my, like it, it just kind of will raise it. it high even. tides raise all sales. So, um, so yeah. my movie. Yeah. Done by one of the greatest animators of all time. James Baxter. James Baxter. Holy Jimmy cow. Bax? James Ooh. Baxter. Watch his animation reel. He's unreal. He gets asked to do anim fluid animation all the time now for like Steven Universe, Gravity Falls. He now does like, there's a part in the Steven Universe finale, this 360 rotating hand Whoa. animated shot where Steven is embracing Jem Steven. Spoilers for Steven Universe. Whoa. It's beautiful and it's done by him. I'm putting the Prince of Egypt on your list. Oh, shit. This is such a good movie. It's a biblical it so musical. It should have been put. I think it is being put on Broadway. I adore this movie. Good. A biblical it's, musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber have nothing to do with. <laughs> and just the animation is insane. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful and smooth. And that's just like, that's the James Baxter way. Yeah, yeah. That's an excellent pick. I have been meaning to go back. And right now I'm I am watching all of these um, direct-to-video Warner Brothers DC superhero movies. And I have like a whole new box set. There's 30 of them. So right now I'm focusing on that. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll eventually get through it. I was also at the, before that I was focusing on Sony Pictures Animation movies, mm. which started with Open Season and ended with Spider-Verse. And then I think Angry Birds 2 is the newest one, whatever, whatever. And there's like 20 movies in there. There's it's a like, new movie. There's a trailer. The new trailer of the next one is dropping tomorrow. 
Angry Birds 2? No, it's called it's called uh, like Interconnected or something. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's specifically marketing itself from the studio that brought, brought you into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's I saw what that. Every, they should do that. Mm-hmm. For every, even if they're from not. From the Academy Award yep. winning studio that mm-hmm. brought you the because Academy you know what, Award winning film. You know what they had before <laughs> Spider-Verse? They had the Emoji Movie. <gasps> they had um, they probably Hotel Transylvania. They probably Olaf bullshit on there Goose, too. Goosebumps 1 and 2, the live action, like those are part of the thing, same thing. Um, and uh, the Hotel Transylvania has great Hotel animation. Hotel Transylvania, yeah. But That's I'm, some Gendy fun. I know, it's good Gendy fun. Gendy but, fun. Uh, but those stories I couldn't, uh, I couldn't gel with. But um, they also did Surf's Up back in the day, which I love. Anyway, I was making my way through all those movies, but I had been wanting to go back and do the DreamWorks stuff mm-hmm. and start at Prince of Egypt because I feel like that's their first, like... I think that's their first movie, and I then I feel Spirit. like Chicken Run. No, Spirit's like 2002. Prince of Egypt is that like the late same 90s. Jimmy Bax. Uh, it might be. Chicken it's, no, it's Run. James. It is Jimmy Bax. It's still Jimmy yeah. Bax. Jimmy Bax does horses. Is yeah. Spirit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he did Spirit, and I'm I'm assuming this guy did uh, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, which had gorgeous <gasps> animation. I, I don't seen think that. he did. I don't it's think. He, or maybe he, he did. Joseph maybe he did. In the dreams of he dreams. Did Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> Joseph in the Field of Dreams. Uh, <laughs> but like, and that then Anastasia because we also had Don Bluth doing stuff for. Well, Don no, Don Bluth did stuff for Fox. Fox Animation came up and said, "What if we?" did the Disney princess thing, but with the historical yeah. fiction princess and we're going to make up half this story. And everyone was like, okay. And then, and then, and then, uh, what is it? Fox? And they go, okay, what if we did Titan AE? And everyone was like, stop. So the first you time have to stop. I was thinking about that Damon. film. I was, I was thinking about, and they have basically Dimitri clone in that one. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was thinking about that film earlier today. Cause of course the animation tweet. And the mm-hmm. first time I ever saw that movie was in my Spanish class. Cause we had to watch it in the sixth grade all in Spanish so we could understand it. Cause at the school I went to, they started Spanish at the age of, uh, kindergarten oh, so cool. he was fully like you were supposed to grow up with it and so i remember it being called el titan, el titan. <laughs> and, I, and i was like that's the only way i remember that movie now is like el titan you guys want to watch el titan that sounds awesome that's guy i want to watch that the titan that's better than titan ae it reminds me of treasure planet yeah treasure, treasure planet? planet was good though i but love again, treasure planet the story of treasure planet is so sad yeah it's such it's a so weird hard. era for really animation is. well it's just like yeah you gotta keep making us hercules and aladdin and then yeah. we'll let you make your dream treasure island project uh, and then it just bombs. and like no marketing and like no like i re- it was weird, i love man. that movie i do too i think it was good but i want to rewatch it but i think it was good it has a reference in kingdom hearts 3 now martin short Very robot cool. yeah martin that. short robot was great it was ba- basically the only thing i remember from that movie but um weird weird era for animation for Joseph sure gordon love it but 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 prince of egypt i still remember how stunning it was the animation was i feel like it is the the zenith of what hand-drawn animation could do um even claws looks great but it feels like it still comes from that school the you know and then they can just use kind of like cg and shading over hand-drawn stuff to make it look amazing amazing but like i'm like they were doing that shit with prince of egypt man it looked amazing and it's like it is religious it's all because mm-hmm. it's a religious story yeah, yeah yeah but it's also like like i saw someone share something on twitter it's the, the only other day kind of movie i like <laughs> <laughs> where they were talking about the scene where after joseph god talks to joseph through the burning bush which mm-hmm. is just a really cool animated scene to begin with because mm-hmm. they actually use a little bit of cg in there for that flame on that bush cool. Cool. um originally it was scripted that he was going to be telling like he tells his wife what happened Mm-hmm. And then James was like, no, there's, 
There's no words for someone to describe how this happens. So the oh. whole scene afterwards is completely just Silent. scored. Oh. And you just see him. It's all in his oh, body yeah, movement. And she just kind of sits down and watches him. And it's this such this human like, I love that. how do I explain that I just talked to God? So kind everything of. just drops out and it's just the score. Yeah. I love that it's shit. So and the good. music is also one yeah. of oh, the yeah. best things about oh, this movie. Okay. Duh, 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 the whole like, once I called you brother, like that whole song between mm-hmm. Ramses and Then Joseph. they do all the fucking plagues and then all the kids die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty. Oh, the angel the, of death in that they movie did the is whole spooky. They do that. They the do that whole Bible. Bible. They do the straight up whole Bible in there. Mm, wow. And by that, I mean part of Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. That second book. Yeah. yeah Remember yeah. when Christian Bale played one of those guys? Oh, yeah. And Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Was it Joel Edgerton? Was it was, it? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. From, uh, from Bright. Yeah, it was him. Uh, let's see. Yep. If, uh, no, we can pick another movie. <laughs> nope. He's Joel Edgerton from the movie <laughs> He's a Bright. director now. Oh, you mean Will Smith from the movie Bright? <laughs> yeah. Like, from Will Netflix's Smith. Bright? Oh. Netflix's Bright. Fairy <laughs> <laughs> Lives Matter. Uh, oh, God. Will Smith from Gemini Man? <laughs> We saw that. That was a wild film. Yeah, it dude. was. Kelly and I went high frame rate. We did too. We yep. went at ten in the morning and we ate popcorn. Did it was we do three D or no? No, we didn't. Right? Yes, we did. We did. We made sure we went all the way downtown to make sure yeah. we saw it in high oh, yeah. frame rate three D. Cool. Uh, Emily, what's better than two Will Smiths? <laughs> three Will Smiths. Tremini man. That's what they should have called man. Because by the end of that movie, we got a third Will Smith. <laughs> That's so little true. Little baby. <laughs> the funniest part of that movie. I don't even give a shit that I'm spoiling this movie. I'm sorry, Tremini. but. The funniest thing about that movie is Keller and I were like, you know what the ending of that movie should have been? Should have just been an army of toddler Will Smith clones. <laughs> and they just keep getting younger and younger till eventually Will Smith has to fight off an army of fetuses. Like, they're just like, oh, get out of here. They're me, but younger. That's what Tremini Man should have been. That's what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Tremini Man. Tremini Man. I'm a killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I, and he just comes out with guns for yeah. arms. Punting tr- toddlers and fetuses. Oh, my God. Would have been great. Whatever you say, Quavo Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Go kill adult Will Smith. Okay. That movie was a trip. Those baby geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tremini Man. That's a sequel. Tremini Man. Let's pitch it to Ang Lee. Ang Lee. Of, Just kidding. Ang Lee, you're allowed to do something better. You can, you can do whatever you want, Ang Lee. You did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Hulk. So you can do whatever you want. That's Those are the two reasons you, gotta you can watch do whatever Hulk. you want. You got next time. I know that you're very busy. I know Adam's very busy, but next time you guys have an afternoon, mm-hmm. like what should we watch? Fucking watch Hulk. It's I so I need to weird. watch Hulk. Watch the second half of Hulk. No, watch the whole thing because the first half is so emotional. It's it is, and then the second half, it's like, huh? Yeah. What's this movie? It's an emotional, huh? Yeah. That's what I'd call the. I that's let what me I call Hulk. Let me def- let me go to, to bat for Hulk for a second, just real quick before you don't we wrap have up. To. Real, I just want to say this. Come on. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved. The superhero movie where Christian Bale played the main hero, and Daredevil. it took forty minutes to for him to suit up as Batman. Like Here's it took the deal. like it He's took like an cool hour, right? The whole time, though. sure, 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 sure. But it's the still other like, time it's, it's like, like a character I'm focus. Sad and I might turn green, but that, no, mm. I'm gonna keep my blood pressure down. And what else? And he fights. I don't know what other connection I had to. Uh, and then in Batman, it's like yeah. you must become the darkness. You must be like mm-hmm. he's doing things. Yeah. Well, he was doing stuff in. Hulk, wasn't he not? Was he not? He's like I'm just on saying. keyboards a lot. I like, think it was a little like, ahead of time. Are you kidding time. me? Doing a lot of science. I think, no, not oh, playing I thought, keyboards. I thought you meant like, like this is a no, piano no, Hulk. No, like, Sing I think me a song. Piano, yeah, yeah, piano Hulk. The Lonely Man. Dun, 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 dun. I wish. Dun, dun, oh, it is completely dun, 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 scored by Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Not Piano Man, Lonely Man. 
Did I say Piano Man? I did. I meant, yeah, okay. That's funny. Because the theme for the Hulk TV show was The Lonely Man. That was scored by Joseph Harnell, who's the father of Jess Harnell, who does the voice of Wacko from Animaniacs. That's such a good theme for the Incredible Hulk. It's the saddest superhero. And it's just all the end credits of every episode were him hitchhiking, because that was the end. You'd have to leave. Just like Harry Dean Stanton, who also met the Hulk in the Avengers movie. And you said something about a quantum leap in this movie. Yeah. Dean Stockwell is from Quantum Leap. Never seen Quantum Leap. With Scott Bakula, who was in Cats Don't Dance, which is an awesome movie. Also I saw your tweet about that. I'm like, that movie is so good, too. Who did that one? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Okay, that makes sense because it's like there's so many references in it. That was such a good movie. It It would have won Best Animated Feature if they had that. (laughs) Oh, it's so, it's so, it's 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 a Hollywood movie. It's a Hollywood movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a a baby boomer. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) say. All right, y'all. So shout out to Nolan. This was a great episode. Emily. Fantastic Emily, pick with the Prince you. of Egypt. Oh. Thanks for representing with animation too. We always, oh. I always love that. I will always come on here and but just also, champion what animation. Other, what well, were your other picks in that mention, list? I think mentioned. I would have picked Speed, Speed, Speed Racer. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you said, Speed there Racer. Were Speed Racer. Those I mean, animated movies it's that hard you made it's that like, list of. Yeah, what were your five? Oh, you said oh, Secret of so, Kells. I hate it when it's like Secret of Kells. Five. Okay, these are the ones in my childhood. Anastasia. I was obsessed with Anastasia. El Titan. Fucking Rasputin. What the hell? Anastasia. Why is that in the kids' um, movie? Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's Delivery Service. Yep. Uh, however, as a grown-up, I have grown to love Castle of Cagliostro. I think that's mm. one of Miyazaki's best, mm. and it's a great introduction to the Lupin franchise. If you have not seen it. Ooh. Um, now, can I watch it without having one of the sillier? Yeah, it basically is. You basically like figure out who the characters are. You basically cool. just have to know like, oh, these cool. people just go on a heist i have a really nice miyazaki box set and that movie's in it you want to watch that with me watch yes, please. watch cool. the watch the sub watch the subtitle okay the dub the the miramax dub was really really good back in the day the okay. disney new one the disney choir dub is not that very good here's how about this one porco yep. rosso the dub has michael keaton as porco rosso oh all the disney dubs yeah, are yeah, yeah. they bring in like christian christian yeah. our boy christian bale is howl with billy crystal as calcifer it's great so good. Uh, Billy bob thornton and princess mononoke mm-hmm. what's his name in uh gosh it was his last film before his wife murdered him uh kiki's Jesus delivery Christ. service oh kiki's delivery. Hartman. phil hartman phil hartman yeah. kiki's delivery service is his last film wow. um and his last live action film was small soldiers yeah. that was a great small yeah. soldiers I, think, I loved it as a kid I did too it was yeah. cool as fuck it and then was. you watch it now it's like Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Secret of Kells is a great movie. I also really wanted to put, I mean, any Satoshi Kon, uh, mm-hmm. Paprika is really great because mm-hmm. it's all about like film and just the Mill- mind. Millennium uh, Actress. Millennium Actress. Tokyo Godfathers is so yeah. good. It's yeah. a heartbreaking film. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, there's some more. There's some more animated films that have come out this year in the past couple of years that from other directors that I really need to see. But oh, I'm cool. such a a champion of small animation studios mm-hmm. and also foreign animation studios because awesome. Yeah. Just go see more animated movies. Um, They're not just for kids. It was really cool that Abby got to be in the new dub of Millennium Actress. Oh, yeah. I took my dad. We went to go to like when it was playing in the AMC theater at night. My dad really liked it. And he usually never watches anime films and mm-hmm. uh it was good it's a really Satoshi good Kon has like especially yeah. Millennium Actress has such a cool score that and Paprika have fantastic yeah. weird awesome mm-hmm. scores mm-hmm. Emily 
Thank you again for joining us on the podcast tonight. Where can people Thank find you and so your work? Much. Follow you on Twitter? Yeah. At? Frankly underscore Emily. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on the Twitters. That's where I share I share my articles from Geek Girl Authority. I also cool. give like updates on the podcasts I'm on or where you can catch me next. And yeah, my Instagram is frankly underscore Emily with an extra little underscore. Uh, hopefully we'll be starting a YouTube channel soon. Cool. I'll be just deep diving into video games and whatnot. So yeah. Hell yeah. Excellent. Keller, what movie are we watching next week and who's our guys going to be? Uh, Next week. Ooh, scary. Mulholland Drive. Is it scary? I've never seen it. Is I, that it's, a noir? People, it's like a horror noir. It's like oh, David God. Lynch made a horror movie. People oh, say God. it's very scary. This might be my first David Lynch movie that I'm ever going to watch. Really? Yeah. What? No and I've way. never seen Twin Peaks. Did you watch the monkey thing? No, not yet. Watch that. Before Mulholland Drive? Yes. Okay. Yes. On Netflix, I haven't the seen Mulholland thing? Drive. I haven't All seen right. any other day. I've seen a few All episodes right. of Twin Peaks, and I was like, All right. man, I do not have the brain to <laughs> do this right now. Our guest is going to be Mr. Cameron Rice. Yes. This Fun. is a great combo because he's a huge Lynch head. Loves huge David Lynch. Huge Lynch head. Mm-hmm. Feels weird to say. I don't like that. I don't think that. that's how. No. Huge fan of David Lynch. Yeah, how about yeah, yeah. that? We'll do that. <laughs> um, and you can actually watch Mulholland Drive. It's rentable online for like two bucks on like Redbox for one ninety nine. But also so Cameron go- has it. So ask him to borrow it. Yeah. After we just, watch just it. Just ask him to come over like he's yeah, going yeah. to for us mm-hmm. and just bring over the I Blu-ray. think he'll watch it 60 billion times yeah, yeah. before he watches it with us. Yeah. That's the audience of our podcast. Yeah, I didn't mean to brag. 60, 60 billion. billion. <laughs> Not even true. Uh, shout out to all of our loyal listeners. What's the population of the earth? I don't know, dude. We have to rewatch Jerry sure Maguire to get that. I don't tenth know. Tenth of that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, nice. Emily, you're the best in the biz. Great pick. Thanks for watching this movie tonight. Thanks and, for having um, me. You're very welcome. And uh, we'll be back next week with Mulholland Drive. Go watch that. And uh, our guest is going to be Cameron. Okay, bye. Bye. Go to hey. Texas. Yeehaw. <laughs>